If you've ever had occasion to watch the Believer's Voice of Victory, I know you've been blessed. I think one of the coolest times together are George Pearson's and Gloria Copeland. They just do a great job. And I just want to read something to you that Gloria said in, in, uh, before we start uh, today's message. She says, have you ever been invited to an attorney's office for the reading of a will? She says, I have not. Where I came from, there was never enough money left for the relatives to, to fight over when someone died. She said, most of the people I knew didn't leave wills, but they left bills. <laughs> Let me just stop right there. Make sure you get yourself a will. Make sure you get yourself a living trust. Please do that. Amen. You don't want to be checking out and leaving your family with some heavy burdens. And you know, it's not really that difficult to do. Living trust may cost a little bit more money than a will, but I'm telling you what, we need to be prepared. And I believe that it is the will of God for us to leave an inheritance, now listen, to our children's children. And uh, so, um, you know, I was listening to a preacher the other day and he says, you don't know the number of people that we uh, have had, you know, pass away and we've had to pay for their funerals. And of course, you know, the church is benevolent and the church is great and the church is awesome. But how many of you know the church isn't our source? I believe that, I believe that it, we, have, we have brains. And we have intelligence. And that we should, we should leave our kids something. So I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of how many have a will and how many have a trust. But if you don't have it, get it in Jesus' name. And that's a word from God. And so most of the people, she said, I didn't know leave wills. They left bills. But glory to God, that's not the case anymore. She says, I became heir to a fortune more than 40 years ago in Little Rock, Arkansas, when I gave my life to Jesus. She says, at that moment, I was born again into the richest family ever known. I was born into the royal family that owns and operates the universe. She said, I received an inheritance so vast that it will take me all of, all of eternity to fully comprehend it. She said, some people get excited about tracing their natural family history. They like to know if they have great people in their family tree because it makes, makes them feel that they've come from good stock. But you and I ought to be that way about our heritage as believers. Our ancestors are the greatest men and women who ever walked the face of the earth. We can trace our lineage, amen, back to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, King David, all the way to Jesus. She goes on to say, think about that. Those are our forefathers. Then she goes on. Now, wait a minute, you might say. Those are Jewish men. They lived in Canaan and Israel. You're an American from Arkansas. <laughs> You're not a part of that family. Well, not physically. But spiritually, according to the Bible, yes, I am. And if you've made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you are too. Point at yourself, me too. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Because it's true that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. That Jesus was made a curse for us. It's written in the Word of God that cursed is every man that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! 
And if you belong to Christ, we could say it today. Since we belong to him, we're Abraham's seed. And we are heirs according to the promise. You believe it? Amen. So we've been talking about our inheritance for a while. And last week we talked about how that you and I have been delivered from the power of darkness. We've been brought over into the kingdom of his dear son. We discovered that Jesus said to us, we are not to be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And the word kingdom there literally means the reign. So you are a child of the king with kingdom rights and kingdom privileges, and you've been handed keys of the kingdom, which tell you that you have kingdom dominion. Amen? And Jesus said, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. How many of you know that in our lives we face things, some, some things that need to be shut down? They need to be bound. Amen? And then there's other things in our life that should be loosed. Well, Jesus has given you the keys of the kingdom. Amen? Whatever needs to be bound out of your life, rise up, child of the king. Rise up, king's kid, and take your place and take your dominion in the name of Jesus, applying the blood of Jesus, declaring the word of the Lord over all your circumstances. Amen? So today... We want to look at a few more things that belong to us as part of our inheritance. Turn with me to Titus chapter 3, verse 6 and verse 7. We have inherited eternal life. We have inherited eternal life. In the New Living Translation, it says, He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of His grace, He declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we would inherit eternal life. The Greeks call the world eternal life zoe. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life or that you might have zoe and have it in abundance. This eternal life is not only the God quantity of life, but it is the God quality of life. And it belongs to you and I here On this earth. Amen. Now, I've discovered this, and I've seen it over the years. We've been in full-time ministry close to 40 years now. But we've seen people's lives change before our very eyes. We've seen people come to the altar and make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. And immediately their countenance was changed. There was darkness all over them. But when they made Jesus their Lord and Savior, the light of life showed up on their face. Now, as these people get serious about growing up spiritually, the entrance of his word, what does it do? The entrance of his word gives us light. It gives understanding to the simple. And so this light of God through the word of God and this life of God that's on the inside of us, it lights up our lives. It makes our paths clear. It causes us to prosper and causes his very life to be made manifest in this mortal flesh. That's good news. You've got the life of God on the inside of you. You've got his life. You've got his nature. And you've got his ability. Hallelujah. And so when God's nature invades your spirit, your conduct, your habits, 
And even your speech can be corrected and can be changed. There is a certain life and light that emanates from the face of a person who has the Zoe kind of life in them. Amen? Amen. So receiving eternal life is the most miraculous incident in life that you will ever have. And you know what? It'll affect your brain. It'll make you sharp. It'll make you quick. I mean, way back there in, in the 70s when I was on drugs, I was a dummy. You know, darkness will dull you. Darkness will make you stupid. But oh, when I came into the family of God, He gave me the mind of Christ. He took an unsound mind and He caused my mind to be sound. Hallelujah. I went from four F's and a D minus. That's right. That was my first report card. As a senior in high school, I went from four F's and a D minus, glory to God, to almost being on the honor roll. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> God will lighten up your life. He'll make you quick. He'll make you bright. Well, somebody said, well, I've done a lot of stupid things. Not because of the life of God on the inside of you. Amen. Tend to this life. Let the life of God dominate you. Confess I have the life of God in me. It affects my soul. It makes me quick. It makes me bright. It makes me sharp. It causes me to be better looking than I was before. Hallelujah. And it will enable you to be a major blessing. Say with me, I have eternal life on the inside of me. And then you and I have inherited the name of Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 4. The scripture says that being so much better than the angels, speaking of Jesus, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Jesus obtained his name by inheritance. Jesus obtained his name by conquest. Hallelujah. He spoiled the principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, and he triumphed over them in it. Hallelujah. Now look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. Amen. Thank God we've been given a name above every name. Above depression. In verse uh, 9 through 11, let's read it together. So we make sure we're getting some good food today. Amen. Ready? Let's go and read. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Is this name above cancer? Is this name above oppression? Is this name above lack? Let's read on. That at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now notice with me, these things in heaven. One translation says beings in heaven. All of heaven stands at attention when we mention his name. And things in the earth, or beings in the earth. How many of you know there's some things in this earth that one day are going to bow their knees to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? But notice with me, and things and beings under the earth. 
That's talking about devils, demons, and evil spirits. This name that you've inherited is above every name. Hallelujah. It's above every name. And you have been given a right and a privilege to use that name. Look at Mark chapter 16. Mark the 16th chapter. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Let it rain, Lord. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let your Holy Spirit rain in this church. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Mark 16, verse 17, 18. And these signs shall follow them that do what? You know, that's what believers do, don't they? Yeah. Believers believe. Yeah. In my name, the name of Jesus, they shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it'll kill them. No. If they drink any deadly thing, what won't it do? It will not hurt you. Now, one of the things that I learned to say quite a while ago, many, many years ago, when I was on some strong medication for some things that I was dealing with, one thing that I learned is this, is when I took those medications, when I did what I needed to do, naturally speaking, I declared in the name of Jesus, nothing shall by any means hurt me. Nothing can hurt me. Amen? Now, you find this in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Let me just quote it to you. You don't need to go there. He said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over a third of the power of the enemy. No, it doesn't talk about a third of the power. But he said, Over all the power of the enemy... And then the rest of the verse says this, and nothing, we could say it this way, no thing, no thing, no attack of the enemy, no medication, no thing shall by any means hurt me. Hallelujah. Do you know that you don't have to be hurt if you won't allow yourself to be hurt? And I'm not just talking about my experience. I'm talking about you don't have to allow people to hurt you anymore. I'm going to say that again. That's for somebody today. You do not have to allow that person to hold you hostage anymore by hurting you. You do not have to put up with the abuse of the devil. I said you do not have to put up. With verbal abuse, you don't have to put up with physical abuse. You've been given the name above every name. And you've also been given the benefit of the law. And I'm not talking about the Old Testament law. I'm talking about police. I'm talking about popo, baby. See, you've got to do what you've got to do to protect yourself. But say it real strong. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. Declare this. I cannot be hurt 
I will not be hurt. Yeah, pastor, but you don't know what they've been saying about me. Let's just stop right there. It makes no difference what they say about you. It's what you say about you that matters. It's the words that you're speaking about yourself that matters. Amen? Yeah, but the words they're saying to me, they make me feel so insecure. Well, I've got a book here. I said, I got a book here. I got 66 books right here. That'll take all that insecurity right out of your life. So I highly encourage you to read the book, meditate the book, confess the book. You'll find that you are the accepted in the beloved. You'll find that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You will find that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Let's shout a while. Glory. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you, God will show to be in the wrong. This triumph, this triumph over opposition comes from the head of the church. And your right standing is with him. Hallelujah. This is for somebody today. Well, this is for all of us today. Don't let the insecurities of the enemy bog you down. Hallelujah. Don't let the insecurities of the... He is the most insecure of all the insecure. Think about it. That's the reason why he's trying to put it off on you. Because he's so full of it. If the truth be known, his knees are shaken. He's afraid because he knows a bottomless pit's going to open up real soon. That boy's going down. He went down, but he's going down. All right. Did you get it? And so he said, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Now notice this. This is good shouting material right here. Notice with me the context of this. It's in the name, right? But it's also believers who believe in his name. Or believers who have faith in his name. It doesn't say pastors or apostles or prophets or teachers. It says believers. And all of you is believers. They shall lay hands on the sick. And here's, here's it. How not to lay hands on the sick. Oh God in heaven. Heal brother Paul if it be thy will. You like Dad Hagen said years ago. You might just well have been twiddling your thumbs. Saying twinkle twinkle little star. How I wonder who you are. What you are. It'll do about the same good. You already know what the will of God is. The will of God is divine health. The will of God is divine healing. And so if Paul needed healing in his body, 
What we would do is, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lay our hands upon Brother Paul. And we thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, he is healed. He is whole. We call forth the strength of God. We call forth the healing power of God to flow in him right now. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And did you know it's just as easy as that? You don't have to go fast 21 days or 40 days to get the name of Jesus working for you. Now, I came in a car today and I have a key that unlocks my car. I also have a key that goes into the ignition. And when I turn that key, praise God, the car starts. I put it in gear and I go places. I did not have to fast 21 days or 40 days before I left my home this morning to come to church. Amen. Because the key does it. And you have a key that God has given you. And the key is the name. And the key gives you access to all the promises of God. The key gives you access to divine health. Come on, somebody. Say it with me. I've got a key. It is his name. It is the key that unlocks heaven's resources. Hallelujah. Jesus said it like this. He said, up until now, you've asked nothing in my name. But he says, now ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. He said, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, what will he do? If he's in a good mood. If you've been a real good trooper. Uh Uh-uh. No, thank God. Ask the Father in my name and he will give it you. Hallelujah. You know, I believe this, that some of you have not because you have asked not. You do a study in the word of God and you'll see over and over again how many times the Bible says to ask. John Wesley said it like this. He said, it seems as if God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone what? Ask him. Become a good asker. Find out what's in the word of God concerning your life and concerning the case you're in right now. And ask for for your answer in the name of Jesus. Now, here's another verse. The scripture says this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. Amen. So number one, what have we inherited? Eternal life. Number two, what have we inherited? We've inherited the name above every name. Now turn over to Hebrews 1.14. You also have inherited salvation. Hebrews 1.14 says this. Are they not all ministering spirits? Sent forth to minister for them who shall be what? Now this word salvation is soteria. If you're taking notes in the Greek it's S-O-T-E-R-I-A. And the word soteria means this. Deliverance. Preservation. Safety. Health, rescue, and what this is saying is this, is God delivers believers out of destruction into his safety. You have inherited deliverance. You have inherited preservation. 
you have inherited safety, health, and rescue. Hebrews 5.9 says it like this. Jesus became the source of eternal salvation for all who will obey him. For all who will obey him. Have you obeyed the scripture yet found in Romans 10, 9, 10? Have you obeyed the scripture that says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you'd be saved? For it is with the heart that man believeth. And it is with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. Have you obeyed that scripture yet? Have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? So we have inherited salvation. And then we've inherited the promises of God. Thank God for the promises of God. In Hebrews 6 verse 12, let's look at that scripture. Hebrews the 6th chapter, the 12th verse. Thank you, Lord. In a few moments, we're going to have communion. And we're going to believe God real strong. Amen? For lives to be changed. For hearts to be turned toward God. How many have ever heard of patience before? <laughs> well, now notice this. He says, that you be not slothful, that's another word for lazy, but follow them who through what? Faith, Faith and what? Faith. What will they do? The now, doesn't it seem like inheriting the promises is a part and parcel of your inheritance? Yes. Absolutely. Now, as we follow those who through faith and patience, those that have gone before us and inherited the promises, we then also will inherit the things that the promises give us. Amen. That's why I believe it's really important that we are very careful and very cautious about who we follow. Amen. How many of you know that man is not perfect? The only perfect one is God. But I believe this, that we can look at the lives of people and we can look, here it is, we can look at their fruit. You know, the Bible says that by their fruits, you shall know them. I just refuse to follow a person that's not following Christ. I don't care how rich they might be. I don't care if their name is Reverend so-and-so. Amen. I'm not going to follow a fleshy preacher. I'm not going to follow a fleshly ministry. Even though in the natural realm, it might seem like they have the world on a string. Are you listening to me? Because how did they get the world on a string? Did they get it through faith and patience? Or did they get it through manipulation and working people up? And so I think it's important. You've got to be really careful who you watch after midnight. And I'm not talking about Wilson Pickett after midnight. Uh-uh. 
Be very, very careful about people on television that say, if you send me a thousand dollars, then you'll get this triple blessing on your life. We need to be cautious about who we listen to. And let me tell you this. You need to judge everything by the Word and by the Spirit. I don't care who it is, whether it's me or Pastor Tom, Pastor Brenda, Pastor Nancy. If we get up here and say something that doesn't line up with the Word and the Holy Spirit, you don't have to accept it. We are only to follow those who through faith and patience, come on somebody, inherit the promises. Hallelujah. I'm not going to follow some self-proclaimed prophet. I'm not going to follow some self-proclaimed prophetess. Years ago, we had a lady trying to tell me what to preach. And she was a self-proclaimed prophetess. And her husband said, you're Rhema, aren't you? I said, what does being Rhema have anything to do with me obeying your wife? I guess he'd been obeying her for a number of years. <laughs> now, you may think I'm meddling, but I'm parking right now in some people's business. The Bible says, he that hath ears to hear, come on somebody, let him hear. I don't care what people have on the outside. It's what they have on the inside. So what do you say? Let's follow those who faith and patience inherit the promise. That's why I followed Kenneth E. Hagin all these years. Because I know for one thing for sure, he always hid behind the cross. And he always wanted Jesus to be magnified and Jesus to be glorified. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about in coming to church. You're not here to be entertained by some sort of slick preacher with a brown suit on. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. We're here to glorify God. We're here to look away from anything and everything that would distract us unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's our champion. He's our hero. He's our king. He's our healer. He is worthy of all of our praise and all honor. Come on, let's lift our hands and praise Him today. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. The best thing we can do when we come to church is stay in the Spirit. Why is that? Because those that are in the flesh can't please God. Amen? We're not looking to to man. You're not looking to me. I'm not looking to you. Who are we looking to? Who do we keep our eyes on? In these very last of the last days. How many of you know we're living in the last of the last days? Amen? And it is a smart Christian who will keep their eyes on Him. Look up. For your redemption draws nigh. Well, I don't know how we got off into that, but it's all true anyhow. 
Amen. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. Thank God for the promises of God. Thank God for the promises of God. And let the church say, Amen. Amen. 2 Peter 1 4 says, Whereby are given unto us, that's inheritance, exceeding great and what kind of promises are these? Oh, that's precious. Treat the word as precious. Value the word. That by these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now go quickly to Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. Say it with me, I've inherited the promises of God. You know, there's a promise in the Word of God for anything that you may face. It is. So attend to it. Find it. Let it dwell in you richly. And hold fast to it when it doesn't look like it's coming to pass. Because sure as we're standing here and you're sitting here, God's Word will come to pass. He will perform His Word on your behalf. Amen. Acts 20 verse 32. You should be getting encouraged by about now. Acts 20, 32 says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. There's a building up that takes place the more word we put in us. It displaces things in our lives that shouldn't be there. It builds us up. It strengthens us. And, let's read the rest, to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Hallelujah. So these exceeding great and precious promises are yours and they are mine. And lastly, right before we receive communion, turn with me to Revelation 22. We could say today that we've preached from Genesis to Revelation. (laughs) Revelation chapter 21, actually. Let's look at verse 6 and 7. How many of you know there's a world beyond this world? How many of you know we're only here for a very short time? Soon and very soon, we're going to be out of here. We will not always be doing what we're doing right now. Thank you, Lord. And you will not always be doing on Monday morning what you're doing Monday morning. And somebody said, Amen. But, listen, what we do now carries great weight in the responsibility that we will be given when we get to heaven. How many of you know there's rewards? And that we are not only to rule and reign in this life, but we are to rule and reign in the next life. I may be looking at some governors here today. Somebody says, I never stood behind a pulpit. How many of you know, when this old earth dissolves and melts away, there's a new heaven. And there's a new earth coming. And did you know that all the nations of this world that we currently know are going to be gone? They're going to be null and they're going to be void. There's only going to be one kingdom. There's only going to be one kingdom. There's only going to be one king. ISIS will be dead. The Republican Party will be dead. The Democratic Party will be dead. There will only be one king. It will be one kingdom. It's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and it's the kingdom of God. And he's looking for some people 
to rule and to reign in this new earth. I may be looking at some mayors here this morning. Mayors of Hayward. Hello, I'm the governor of the state of California under the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. So, what do you say we be faithful in the here and now? See, the scripture says a faithful man shall abound with blessings. These blessings are not just for here and now. There's blessings over there. And so we inherit then all things. Revelation chapter 21, verse 6 and 7, and I'm going to read it from the uh, NIV version. It says, to him who is thirsty, I'm thirsty. I'm hungrier for God than I've ever been. I'm almost 65 years old. I'm planning on living at least another 20 years. And if I'm not satisfied when I'm 85, I'll live till I'm 95. And if I'm not satisfied, <laughs> what do you say? You just keep on living until you're done. But you've got to stay thirsty. Stay first thirsty, my friend. Stay hungry for the things of God. Six and seven, NIV. To him who is thirsty, I'm going to give to drink without cost from the spring of the water spring water and it ain't bottled and it ain't four dollars a bottle I believe I'm looking at some overcomers today yeah but I'm going through this and I'm going through that if you didn't have something to come over you wouldn't be an overcomer Amen. We're just practicing on devils and demons right here on earth, right now. Overcoming. Amen. Amen. He who overcomes will inherit all this. I'm not sure what all this is, but I want to find out, don't you? He'll inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. And so this concludes our series on inheritance. Did you get anything out of it? Let's give God praise. Lord, we give you glory. We thank you for the word of the Lord today. We magnify your name in Jesus' name. Amen.